Okay, so I wanted to do a reading of the Epistle of Jeremiah as I've kind of delved into the Apographa side on some of these other books that I wasn't really familiar with at all. This one was really, really enjoyable for me. I really enjoyed this and I recommend it for all those others out there that have not really got into this. Uh, the book here, then uh, I'd really encourage you to, to read it. It's, it's a really short book, too. It's just basically one chapter. In fact, it's uh, some books, like I've got the F. Sefer, that does have it as a separate book uh, or separate letter uh, as Yirmiyahu, uh, or the, the Sefer of Yirmiyahu, uh, also called the Epistle of Jeremiah. And it's, they have it nicely right after the book of Jeremiah that we're all familiar with. And, so I, and I, I like that structure very well. I also have in the Restoration Scriptures, uh, which is also a Hebrew Roots version, uh, it uh, doesn't have it separated out. So, it, but if you have the uh, the Book of Baruch, or, or some some call it First Baruch, the uh, it, it, it's the sixth chapter in Baruch. It would be the sixth chapter if you have it in there. If you don't, if it's not in there, then you would just have the five chapters of Baruch. Uh, but basically, this Epistle of Jeremiah is tacked on as a sixth chapter sometimes. Uh, so depending on what you have, what version you have and stuff, uh, you might have it in there. But it would be the same. It should be the same content uh, that this reading would include. So just to want to make sure that's clear and stuff. So, but I really I recommend it. This, uh, the epistle, I, I don't see any reason why this would not be considered inspired, in my opinion. Uh, it's, it's, and the whole thing is, a, is basically about not worshiping idols. You know, Jeremiah is telling the people, hey, you're going, you're going into captivity Okay, and there's even a little, it still has some prophetic tone in here uh, where he still says that you're going to captivity for seven generations. Okay, so the, there's a prophetic tone right there that kind of matches up with, with other scriptures as well. And so, and again, the whole thing, and most of the book is, or the, the, most of this epistle is talking about, you know, hey, there's going to be false gods, uh, you know, made of wood, uh, overlaid with silver and gold. Uh, you know, and, and don't don't worship them. You know, don't for, basically don't forsake uh, Yahuwah uh, in the in the, while you're in captivity. Uh, don't forsake him and worship other gods. And that's really the the, the gist of the message. And, and it, but it's kind of it's almost kind of comical how he you know, how he makes fun of these idols and how they you know they they cannot prevent themselves from rusting. That other pe- you know people have to go wipe them down to get the dust off of them and to keep them clean. You know that. And so it's kind of kind of comical, really, in a way. Um, although it's obviously, you know, I don't want to make light of idol- any kind of uh, idolatry at all. Uh, but it is kind of, in, in a way, it's kind of comical uh, that he's making fun of these idols that they can't even, these idols can't defend themselves at all and stuff. So, and then I will say the highlight, I, I think one of my favorite verses in here that I'd like to point out is he's talking about idols, but it's, uh, like I said, it's just one chapter. So it's verse 36. He's talking about idols. He says, They can save no man from death, neither deliver the weak from the mighty. Okay, and then he goes on in 37. They cannot restore a blind man to his sight, nor help any man in his distress. 38. They can show no mercy to the widow, nor do good to the fatherless. And so, you know, that's kind of, I, I really like that, especially that, 36, you know, they can save no man from death. I think that that alone is like very powerful and obviously truth that we know a statue, any kind of a false image 
uh, is, you know, can save can save no man. They can't save themselves. And he talks about that in here. Even if you know you have to lock the door of the temple because you know robbers can come in and steal your God <laughs> out from underneath you. And how uh, the you know this stuff is uh, you know so you know uh, worthless. You know they have you know that they have a scepter, but the other yet they can't you know they can't you know they do any right ruling or you know they can't rule on the people at all. Uh, so like I said it's a little bit comical looking at it uh, you know from uh, from my point of view. I really, but I really enjoy this. I think it's it definitely like I said I don't see any reason why this would not be inspired. It fits along with other scriptures, and so I encourage you uh, to kind of. Uh, listen along too, and uh, if you have a copy of it, look it up. Also, on my blog side, on, on my blog post, it's just like I said, it's like two and a half pages. I'm going to upload images of it, so if you don't have a copy of it, uh, and I'm sure there's other versions you can kind of Google and, and pull up stuff, but uh, I'm going to put it on my blog site as well for the, just the images. So if someone wants to be able to pull it up and see it on the computer or print it out, then that'll be on on, on the the uh, Christian uh, or the uh, Biblical Discernment website as well. So, okay. A reading of the Sefer of Yermayahu, also called the Epistle of Jeremiah. Also, sometimes in the book of Baruch, chapter 6. A copy of a Sefer, which Yermayahu sent unto them, which were to be led captives into Babel, by the king of the inhabitants of Babel, to certify them as it was commanded him of Elohim. Because of the sins which ye have committed before Elohim, ye shall be led away captives into Babel by Nebuchadnezzar, king of the inhabitants of Babel. So when ye are come unto Babel, ye shall remain there many years, and for a long season, namely seven generations. And after that I will bring you away peaceably from thence, now shall ye be in Babel, Elohim of you shall see in Babel Elohim of silver and of gold and of wood, borne upon shoulders, which cause the nations to fear. Beware therefore that ye in no wise be like to strangers, neither be ye and of them when ye see the multitude before them and behind them worshipping them. But ye shall Say ye in your hearts, O Yahuwah, we must worship you. For my angel is with you, and I myself caring for your souls. As for their tongue of the idols, it is polished by the workmen, and they themselves are gilded and laid over with silver. Yet are they but false, and cannot speak. And taking gold, as it were, for a virgin that loves fine ornaments, they make crowns for the heads of their Elohim. Sometimes also the priests convey from their Elohim gold and silver and bestow it upon themselves. Yea, they will give thereof to the common harlots and deck them as men with garments, being Elohim of silver and Elohim of gold and wood. Yet cannot these Elohim save themselves from rust and moth, though they be covered with purple raiment. They wipe their faces because of the dust of the temple when there is much upon them, 
And he that cannot put to death one that offends him holds a scepter, as though he were a judge of the country. He has also in his right hand a dagger and an axe, but cannot deliver himself from war and thieves. Whereby can they know not to be Elohim? Therefore fear them not. For like as a vessel that a man uses, it's nothing worth when it is broken. Even so, it is with their Elohim. When they be set up in the temple, their eyes be full of dust through the feet of them that come in. And as the doors are made sure on every side upon him that offends the king as being committed to suffer death, even so the priests make fast their temples with doors, with locks and bars, lest their Elohim be spoiled with robbers. They light them candles, yea, more than for themselves, whereof they cannot see one. They are as one of the beams of the temple, yet they say their hearts are gnawed upon by things creeping out of the earth, and when they eat them and their clothes they feel it not. Their faces are blackened through the smoke that comes out of the temple. Upon their bodies and heads sits bats, swallows, and birds, and the cats also. By this ye may know that they are no Elohim. Therefore fear them not. Notwithstanding, the gold that is about them to make them beautiful, except they wipe off the rust, they will not shine. For neither when they were molten did they feel it. The things wherein there is no breath are brought for, uh, for the most high price. They are borne upon shoulders, having no feet, whereby they declare unto men that they uh, be nothing worth. They also that serve them are ashamed, for if they fall to the ground at any time, they cannot rise up again of themselves. Neither if one set them upright can they move of themselves. Neither if they be bowed down can they make themselves straight. But they set gifts before them, as unto dead men. As for the things that are sacrificed unto them, their priests sell and abuse. In like manner their women lay up part thereof in salt. But unto the poor and impotent they give nothing of, all of it. Menstruous women and women in childbed eat their sacrifices. By these things ye may know that they are no Elohim. Fear them not. For how can they be called Elohim? Because women set meat before the Elohim of silver, gold, and wood. And the priests sit in their temples, having their clothes rent, and their heads and beards shaven, and nothing upon their heads. They roar and cry before their Elohim, as men do at the feast when one is dead. The priests also take off their garments, and clothe their women and children. Whether it be evil that one does unto them, or good, they are not able to recompense it. They can neither be set up a king nor put him down. In like manner, they can neither give riches nor money. Though a man make a vow unto them and keep it not, they will not require it. They can save no man from death, neither deliver the weak from the mighty. They cannot restore a blind man to his sight, nor help any man in his distress. They can show no mercy to the widow, nor do good to the fatherless. Their Elohim of wood 
and which are overlaid with gold and silver, are like the stones that be hewn out of the mountain. They that worship them shall be confounded. How should a man then think and say that they are Elohim, when even the Castiem and themselves dishonor them? Who, if they shall see one dumb that cannot speak, they bring him, and entreat Baal that he may speak, as though he were able to understand? Yet they cannot understand themselves and leave them, for they have no knowledge. The women also, with cords about them, sitting in the ways, burn brand for perfume. But if any of them, drawn by some that passes by, lie with them, she reproaches her fellow, that she was not thought as worthy as herself, nor her cord broken. Whatsoever is done among them is false. How may it then be thought of or said that they are Elohim? They are made of carpenters and goldsmiths. They can be nothing else than the workmen will have them to be. And they themselves that made them can never continue long. How should then the things that are made of them be Elohim? For they left lies and reproaches to them that come after. For when there comes any war or plague upon them, the priests consult with themselves, where they may be hidden with them. How then cannot men perceive that they can be no Elohim, which can neither save themselves from war nor from plague? For seeing they be but of wood, and overlaid with silver and gold, it shall be known, therefore, that they are false, and it shall manifestly appear to all nations and kings that they are no Elohim, but the works of men's hands, and that there is no work of Elohim in them. Who then may not know that they are no Elohim? For neither can they set up a king in the land, nor give reign unto men, neither can they judge their own cause, nor redress a wrong, being unable, for they are as crows between heaven and earth. Whereupon, when fire falls upon the house of Elohim of wood, or laid over with gold or silver, their priests will flee away and escape, but they themselves shall be burned asunder like beams. Moreover, they cannot withstand any king or enemies. How can it then be thought or said that they be Elohim? Neither are these Elohim of wood and laid over with silver or gold able to escape either from thieves or robbers, whose gold and silver and garments wherewith they are clothed, they that are strong take and go away with all. Neither are they able to help themselves. Therefore it is better to be a king that shows his power or else a profitable vessel in a house which the owner shall have use of than such false Elohim, or to be a door in a house, to keep such things therein, than such false Elohim, or a pillar of wood in a palace, than such false Elohim, for sun, moon, and stars being bright and sent to do their offices are obedient. In like manner, the lightning when it breaks forth is easy to be seen, and after the same manner the wind blows in every country. And when Elohim commands the clouds to go over the whole world, they do as they are bidden. And the fire sent from above to consume hills and woods does it as it is commanded. But these are like unto them neither in show nor power. Wherefore, it is neither to be supposed nor said that they are Elohim, 
seeing they are able neither to judge causes nor to do good unto men. Knowing therefore that they are no Elohim, fear them not. For they can neither curse nor bless kings. Neither can they show signs in the heavens among the heathen, nor shine as the sun, nor give light as the moon. The beasts are better than they, for they can get under a cover and help themselves. It is then by no means manifest unto us that they are Elohim. Therefore fear them not. For as a scarecrow in a garden of cucumbers keeps nothing, so are their Elohim of wood and laid over with silver and gold. And likewise their Elohim of wood and laid over with silver and gold are like to a white thorn in an orchard that every bird sits upon, as also to a dead body that is cast into the dark. And ye shall know them to be no Elohim by the bright purple that rots upon them, and they themselves afterward shall be eaten, and shall be a reproach in the country. Better therefore is the just man that has none idols, for he shall be far from reproach. The End Okay, so I hope you enjoyed the reading, uh, as I have, of the Epistle of Jeremiah. And just in conclusion, I kind of wanted to kind of coincide with this, which the whole point of Jeremiah, as I mentioned, kind of the introduction, is this is a warning to the Israelites to warn them about the idols that they were about to to go into a strange land and, and to see. And of course, you know, the, he mentions many times throughout this epistle that they're going to see, you know, statues, basically, wood uh, overlaid with gold and silver. And so, you know, that was, at the time, that was the ideal, you know, thing of, of worship and stuff. And, and there's some, you know, you know, to me, there's some really, you know, funny, almost comical uh, things to make fun of, uh, of of the idea of, of people worshiping, you know, how vain and how silly it is to to be worshiping these things that we know, you know, literally they can't pick themselves up if they fall. You know, he talks about that, and they can't wipe themselves off to even clean the dust off themselves. Uh, they can't protect themselves from robbers and thieves and stuff. So, you know, that's a, and those are kind of so it's it's kind of comical in that sense, and it reminds me a lot of uh, Elijah when he's mocking the the worshipers of Baal and all the all those uh, false prophets and stuff when he's he's mocking him you know it says that he, you know he, Elijah mocked them so it kind of reminds me of that and I've always loved that that scripture so um and stuff so you might even look back on that part of uh you know in, in the books of kings and um and relive that as well I think it's really really fitting uh, part of this as well and, but I also wanted to point out that while in our modern time we don't, you know, we don't have statues too much um, in our modern era. But what's kind of sad is, is that we, we, we assume that people look back and think, oh, how, how silly it was people to worship statues. I think, you know, and that's, and people may think that, and we may kind of think that's barbaric almost and stuff. And yet, People still have forms of statues, but the sad part is, is that what we have now within churches and 
in places is posters, okay? They have posters, they have plastic, they have a plastic statue. So in a lot of ways, it's even, to me, it's even more sad that, it, you know, at least they were worshiping gold or silver, at least it had some kind of value, even if it's this extrinsic value, at least there's something. You know, now people are worshiping a poster of a crucified Jesus or whatever, or there was a piece of plastic behind a podium at a church. There's a plastic on the wall that's got a plastic molded cross, or maybe it's wood. And what are we talking about here in the epistle of Jeremiah? He's saying, you do not worship these statues. Don't worship these things. People have posters of a crucified Messiah that's not even, doesn't even look like the Messiah. No one knows what he looks like. It doesn't even look like him on a cross. And keep in mind, is, is Messiah on a cross? As, you know, as I say this, no. I think any, any believer in Scripture, we can all agree on that. That you know, Was he at one point? Did he die on a cross? Absolutely. We can agree on that. But to put him on a cross perpetually, to me, is an abomination. To put him on a picture, I mean, you know, even though we, we can agree that it's all idolatry, it's not, you know, any, any, any image of Messiah is not him. So it's automatically idolatry. But to put him on a cross is also, to me, it's, it's borderline blasphemous because you know, now we're trying to perpetually crucify Messiah. And it's almost a denial that he's king of kings right now. Okay. Uh, same thing goes for these images of baby Jesus, uh, the baby, baby Messiah in the arms of Mary, things like that. You know, now, so, you know, now you want to bring him down, bring him down to a baby status. You want to bring him back to his birth status uh, as if he's some baby still, you know, wetting himself in a diaper. Very crude, very, to me, those are just abominations in general. And there's, it's all idolatrous. So, so I'd be wary of that, and I would not have any such things in your home. I would not be attending a church that has these things in the church, uh, you know, the building or the behind the podiums, those kind of things. And for sure, you don't want to be, you know, kissing these things, bowing down to them or anything. Uh, and that includes any kind of uh, other devices like rosaries or any kind of, you know, prayer beads, these kind of things. Uh, you know, we don't... Uh, you know, those, those can become idols as well. And, you know, people get more comfort sometimes out of these tokens or these, you know, these devices that they use. They get more comfort out of that than they do Scripture and that they do in their prayer life. And that's, that's sad to me. And so they're just a kind of a word of warning to be careful with that. And uh, several years ago, you know, I went through a stage two where I had to remove stuff in my home, including some pictures and things. You know, I had uh, pictures of, and say it wasn't anything major, uh, but it was, you know, just stuff like a flower, even if it was just flowers or things. You know, I just decided it wasn't worth having anything, since Scripture talks about, you know, have no image uh, from, you know, uh, on, on, on the earth, under the earth, in the, in the depth uh, of the oceans, those kind of things. You know, the stars above, you know, not to have those kind of things. So, I recommend uh, praying about it and, you know, uh, seeking the Ruach on it you know, for your own personal walk, depending on where you're at in your walk. Uh, but uh, but I end up, just so you kind of know, I mean, I end up replacing everything. I've got some minor placing some with mirrors is, is one thing that's okay. 
Uh, also, uh, I got several things to put hang up that were scriptures. It's all just words. And so that's one good idea. It's one good compromise. So if you want to put something up, then scripture is always good. I've even got, I had a friend make me some Ten, uh, ten Commandments in wood to put up on the wall uh, several years ago. And I still have those as well. Um, and then another option was I had found at a discount store, I'd found a small uh, board that had a, a, a chalkboard. Okay, and then you can write, the nice thing is a chalkboard or any kind of dry erase board type of thing. If you can get something, you know, and it had a nice little frame around it. But I've got that above my fireplace and I can write scripture on there. I've got uh, several scriptures on there that I've had for a while. And, but I can erase those and change it out every so often for whenever I want. For certain scriptures I want to focus on. And so those are, things like that are a good idea uh, to replace if you have paintings of images on it. In terms of animals, uh, and, you know. Uh, you know the um, you know, obviously the any kind of you know idolatry in terms of false messiahs, of course. But uh, you know you know flowers, trees, stars, sun, moon, all those kind of things. Any kind of image, I would just be careful with having it. Um, and then also any kind of thing that can be a, a mystical creatures as well. When you start getting into uh, mermaids and things, things like Halloween costumes, things like that. Uh, many, uh, it was probably been a couple, it was probably about two years ago too. Um, you know, I had had, um, while I was going through that and still learning, I had had a couple of dreams all within probably a span of about a week. And, um, you know, Yahoo was just telling me on the first occasion, and I had, it was funny, I had just bought a Bible from someone, and you know, and then I, I I'm talking. I listen to a sermon at night. I wake up in the middle of the night about 3 a.m. The sermon's still going. I had I was playing it all night, and he's talking about the corruption uh, of of some of these uh, Bibles and stuff. And you know, sure enough, this uh, the Bible that I had, you know, it, it it was one of these. It was one of those types of Bibles that I had, and it was a Freemason Bible, is what it was, and. And so I'm looking at this thing. I thought, oh boy, this is um, this is not good because I didn't really know at the time. I didn't know much about Freemasonry uh, and how corrupt it was. But you know, so then I kind of was learning about it. And like I said, I woke up and I was listening to this. He's talking directly about that when I woke up. And here I was. I had I had one in my closet at the time. And so I had to get up. I had to pray about it. And I said, okay, I'm I'm throwing it away first thing in the morning. I'm, I'm gonna trash it. And, I, and that's what I did. I threw in the trash the next day, so, and then within the next week or so, I had another dream that something I I didn't I couldn't when I woke up I didn't know what it was I couldn't remember the dream itself, but I knew there was something in my closet I had to get rid of I didn't know what it was for sure. Well, sure enough, so that I had to go through my closet that weekend, so I started going through my closet. Sure enough, I find a mermaid costume, and there was something now there was another stuffed animal. That was like, I think it was a unicorn or something that was in my closet. And so those, I had to just, you know, I trashed it, you know, didn't want to tell, didn't even tell the kids about it. But uh, I just, I threw it away immediately. So, because I knew there was something I had to get rid of in my closet. And so I, but I don't want to tell you this as kind of a word of warning to be careful on things that, you know, you know I think we, we tend to think that we have to bow down to worship something. But oftentimes if, you know, the, an accursed item that you bring in your home, you can be accursed, okay? So 
be very careful with these things. Um, and you know, pray about them, though. Pray about pray about these things. Uh, you know, uh, you know, seek seek the face of Yahuwah, and He will lead you aright in all things if you seek humbly before Him. Uh, and, and and seek the Scriptures daily. We should be reading the Word daily. Okay. So I hope this reading um, and the, and all this series here is a blessing to you and your family. And um, also reach out to me if there's other uh, other topics that you're interested in that you want me to cover. I do uh, hope and plan to continue doing some more of these from the Apocrypha books. I'm really enjoying some of these other ones, so uh, I'm hoping to do some more of these uh, here soon. Okay, talk to you later.